are halfway through November podcast post month, and we're just going to keep it going for another 15 days, plus a couple bonus days. Welcome to the Spotlight. I am Ben Beck on this day 16 of Napodpomo, as they call it. And Tyler Labine, man, I can't think of a better person to kick off the second half of this month with. I've been a huge fan of Tyler's for a while. Uh, television shows like Reaper, uh, Tyler and uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil uh, is a great movie that I absolutely love. So when I got the opportunity to talk to him for New Amsterdam, I, I jumped at the opportunity. And I, I'm so glad that I did. He was a great guest. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is, day 16 of National Podcast Post Month on the Spotlight with Tyler Labine. My guest joining me this time in the spotlight is an actor who you would know from past series such as Deadbeat, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, and the Netflix series Voltron, and movies such as the recent Super Troopers 2, and of course, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. But now you can catch him every week as Dr. Iggy Fromm in NBC's new series, New Amsterdam. I'm very excited to welcome Tyler Levine to the program. Tyler, thanks so much for spending some time with me. Of course. It's my pleasure, man. Um, I, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, going back to series like Invasion and Reaper. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm I'm very excited to talk to you about New Amsterdam because I've, I, I you know, I'm I'm caught up on both episodes that have aired so far. I'm absolutely loving the show. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm hoping you don't mind. I, I would be remiss if I didn't touch base on some of my other projects that I loved about you, if only just for a couple huh? minutes. No, I love talking about the the good old days. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, starting first, as I mentioned, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I, I want to start with Deadbeat because yeah. if, I, if I remember correctly, you know, we, we live in an age now where Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, they all have their own original programming. But I think Amazon, I think uh, Deadbeat was kind of on the cusp of that. You know, I, it's one of the first originals yeah, I remember having. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not wrong, man. I I remember, I mean, just to even put it into perspective for you, at the time when I was doing like a, our first press junket for the show, I had to explain to people, I had to explain to the media what like what new media shows were. Yeah, and all the questions were like, so what's the difference? What is what? How does, how does networks compare to to new media? And what's this whole cutting the the cord? You know, it was like it was like a. I was like, I was some weird circus freak in the corner and everyone just had to like come and touch me. Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't like unheard of, but it was, it it was pretty new still. It was like this new wave. And I'd meet, like, I'd see like other actors. Like I remember I was at a party and like, I'm not saying this like name drop. I just think it's really funny. Like Topher Grace was like, Hey man, you're on that Hulu show, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, what's that? Like I got approached by Crackable to like do something. I don't know, man. It seems kind of like a dead end to me. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and we had this really long talk about like the wave of new media and the longevity of it. And, yeah, it was at the beginning. It was sort of at the beginning of that movement. Yeah, uh, the show ran for three series on Hulu, and then it it got wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Were there ever any ideas for a fourth season if if it ever came back? Yeah, we thought we did have a fourth season. Um, the the cancellation of it was really uh, it kind of came out of the nowhere because, like you said, we were sort of like Hulu really hung their hat on on Deadbeat, sort of establishing them as a as an originals. You know, destination. Yeah, uh, they they plugged the hell out of that show, and 
it's for, honestly it's the most visible I've ever been <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> they were just like plaster that shit everywhere, and it was crazy. And then you know they did really well. We were their number one show across the platform for season one and two. And then they gave us season three, and they decided to like. And I, this is something I'd love to talk about. They decided to totally reboot the show in season three, um, and nobody really knew why. Uh, they literally fired everybody off the show except for me and and uh, Brad Williams, and they added Cal Penn, and they were like, "You're gonna have a sidekick now, and it's gonna be this totally. You guys are gonna live together." And, and uh, it was it was they wanted to stop serializing it so heavily, and they wanted it to be really like a case of the week kind of thing. And uh, it just sort of, it was really kind of surprising, but they were like, we really just think this is going to like send the show into the next sort of, you know, uh, level of, or just set it on its true trajectory or whatever. Yeah. And we couldn't have disagreed more. Like uh, Brett Connor and Cody Heller, our creators were, were just like, what? what? And no explanation for the fans. Like why all of a sudden chamomile white is gone and why all this, you know, like, and uh, it just, uh, it was weird, but they were so gung-ho on it. And then we've, I think if you, if that season three was like, you know, a standalone or was, was the only season we did, I'm like, that's a great season of TV. It was really funny. Cal Penn was like my favorite guy to work with ever. It just was a different show. Yeah. So we didn't know. Season three was great, but they were so into it. And they were like, oh, it's really, it's really killing. And then we didn't hear anything about a season four uh, for a while but we're being given sort of the like the hints that that they should start really formulating the, uh, the the breaking the story for season four, and then they just dropped it out of nowhere, and it was really weird. Yeah, and it was kind and of unfortunately a... this you don't, you don't you don't get any explanations. No one you know yeah no one owes things, so you just have to move on. And it was a bummer too because I it was one of those shows that I really enjoyed, and uh, you know it was one of those shows that you can yeah. kind of get away with anything, uh, and you guys made that very yeah. clear <laughs> in the writing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, like, it was like a cartoon. And Brett Connor and Cody Heller, the writers, are like, uh, especially Brett Connor, uh, is just like a he's he's a, he's a wordplay genius. That's what it's like talking. If you even get a chance to ever talk to him. It's like talking to a Rubik's cube. He's like, <laughs> he's just like constantly trying to line things up and, and, and like everything's a callback. And I don't know. I, I find that if you go back and watch Deadbeat again, you really notice all the really clever sort of wordplay. And like, like you said, you can do anything. It was like a, it was like a live action cartoon. Yeah. We could literally drop an anvil on people's heads. And it was like, you know, we <laughs> yeah. still, so. Exactly. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I know yeah. One of the things that led me to Deadbeat, obviously, was you know seeing the trailers on Hulu and and noticing you as an actor. I was was one of the things that really made me want to watch it. But the main reason why I recognized you more as an actor, I mean, like I said, I had seen you in other things before, but you really came to the forefront of my mind because of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, oh, cool! You know that was a movie that to me, like I I, I found it brilliant because it was a movie that really flipped horror on its head. And that was yeah. kind of where the brilliance lied in that movie. Yeah, so, for sure. I, I mean, that, that's no, the whole no, that yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just curious, has there been any talk of a sequel at all, or is it kind of something that's in limbo at this point? I mean, there's been much talk of many iterations <laughs> of Tucker and Dale, too. You know, from a movie to a series to, you know, a limited, limited order series to, you know... 
like shorts. Like we've talked about everything. Um, and there have been moments where it's been on actually like on a production slate, you know, with, with companies and, and our producers in 2015, we're like, we're announcing, we want you guys, you and Alan to announce that we're, we're making a sequel and we had the script being written and, and then there's just, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there was a lot of sort of tumult and, and sort of miscommunication and mishandling of the intellectual property between the writers and, and our producers. And, and, uh, it just all kind of got, kept coming to the same sort of dead end, which was like, nobody could, nobody could come to sort of terms with what we wanted to make. Yeah. And and how and how it was going to get made and who was going to get you know sort of uh, compensated in what way and it, it it got it just got weird a few times and then it got really beautiful again and you know everyone started talking about it again and it would, we'd come back around to it every like year or whatever year or two and so it 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 just there is still love and and a, and compassion and a drive to make something especially from Eli Allen and myself, um, because we fucking love those characters and we, we love, <laughs> we love the, the movie. And like, we made that movie like on a wing and a prayer, man. We didn't know we went, we just went to Calgary and shot this crazy fucking thing. And, yeah. and it turned into this. And so we have no, we have no like financial gain, you know, nothing to gain from it like that. We just want to make a cool sequel. And then the problem is that other people want to make money off it, you know? So it's like, how, how do you, how do you reconcile the two sort of goals um, <clears throat> and drives to make this movie? And so far it's just been a bust. Yeah. That's a shame too. Cause it's, it's such a wonderful film and it's like, it's a perennial for me that it's something I watch every year, especially around this time, like for Halloween and such when I'm into like yeah. different horror movies. And then I will, I'll say one last thing is that we are in the middle of, uh, working on something right now with, with the Tucker and Dale IP. So I, I won't, I will never say that nothing is happening, but me, Alan, Eli and Morgan uh, Jurgensen are, are actually working on something right now. Oh, uh, perfect. And that's all I can, that's all I can say, but uh, it, yeah, things are, things are being uh, plotted. <laughs> we'll <see. laughs> well, I look forward to, I look forward to hearing whatever it is when it, when it actually comes to fruition and it, and it comes to public. So, mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk New Amsterdam because there, there's a lot I want to get to about again uh, you know I've I'm caught up with the show I absolutely adore the show so far and it's it's weird for me to say that and I'll explain I'm very selective there's so much stuff out there now between Netflix and Hulu and everything that I'm very selective in new shows that I choose when new shows arise mm-hmm. you know I watch trailers and yeah. I you know I and medical dramas very rarely make the cut for me because you see oh, yeah. one you've seen them all but mm-hmm. this one is different like i i watched the the nbc uh premier uh, the fall premiere show and i saw the extended mm-hmm. the extended premiere for this and i knew by the end of it I, I wanted to watch it and i'm not regretting that decision at all this is it, I, i'm so hooked on this show mm. <laughs> um yeah i you know Sorry, go ahead and you finish. No, no, and I, I was, I'm going to let you go because it's. <laughs> well, I just, it's funny, it's, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a viewer of TV as well. You know, I don't even, I shouldn't say this, but I don't even have cable. You know, I just. <laughs> I, 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 I don't either. <laughs> it's okay. 
Yeah, I have I have a free lifetime membership to Hulu. You know, that was one of the perks of of being on a Hulu show. Uh, even though they keep canceling it on me, I don't know what that's about. But uh, the uh, yeah, Hulu, if you're listening, step up, man. And then uh, and then I have you know I have the usual. I have you know Netflix and HBO, and I have you know a couple other movie platforms and whatnot. But uh, I. I'm really picky too, man. You know, like uh, I'm going to be honest when I, when I, it's not like I'm wading through a pool of offers every pilot season, but when they came down the pipe with the medical drama for me, they're like, it was one of the first things that came, you know, to me last pilot season. I didn't even read it. I just said, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to be on a medical drama. It's like, (laughs) usually it's, it's like an actor's final resting place, you know? Yeah. You go there, you get stuck in a procedural medical drama thing, and it's an ensemble, and you have like a little moment each week. And I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to fucking be on a show like that. And my agents were like, just, just shut up and read this one. You just got to read it. <laughs> and like, and immediately from the get go, I was like, oh, why is this so? Why do I like this? Why this is so great, you know? Like, yeah. and I, I love the character development and an ensemble where everyone kind of gets a, a voice, and you know, it, it's dealing with real issues. And my mom was in the medical uh, mental health care industry for a long time. My dad was in the medical industry. Um, you know, I have children. I, I I think mental health care and mental health issues for children is like one of the most important and overlooked things in the industry. Um, dealing with, you know, it's all based on real life experience and memoirs from Dr. Eric Mannheimer. Uh, so truth is stranger than fiction. A lot of these things, like like a Haitian magic ritual in the OR. Yeah, from that last was, night's episode, yeah. people are probably going that that happened. That really happened. Firing the entire cardiothoracic department on the first day of the job. Doctor Eric Mannheimer did that. He actually went into his first day on the job and fired fifty surgeons. That's real. So when people come at us saying, "Oh, come on, it's so dramatic and it's so TV," it's like, well, actually, this is not. It's really, it's this really happened. So you know, we can we can stand strong on that. I feel like that really made me, I don't know, sit up, perked up my ears a little bit, you know. And and I um, and I just think it's like it's the type of show that is very slowly going to defy what people think. Yeah, they're getting into. Yeah, it. it, it I know because we're on episode seven now, and it's like well, you can't just come out of the gates being like <laughs> on network TV, being like we're different, we're this, we're that, we're that. We still have to contend with like advertisers, and we have all the network TV trappings still. But NBC is genuinely taking a swing with this one, and they're letting us slowly, but like without shocking people and without ruining hundred-year-old relationships with advertisers. We're slowly changing what you can sort of expect to see on network TV, and I think that's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I know it's it's a different network, but one of the last medical dramas I, I was hooked into was House MD, which you know was like I said a different network. But I think one of the things that I can kind of compare the two of you together, and one of the reasons why I'm loving New Amsterdam so much is. It's a show that's not – while, yes, the, the medical procedures and everything that's happening are a big part of the show, the show itself is very mm-hmm. character-driven. And Oh, yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm really into it is because and, – and your character in particular of uh, you know, Viggy, it, it's a role that – you know, I've mentioned some of the things you've done in the past. And this is definitely, at least in my yeah. opinion, a departure from roles yeah. I've seen you do. 
And when I'm a fan of an actor or an actress, yeah. I love seeing them make that departure because it shows their range. And this mm-hmm. is something we're definitely seeing with you when it comes to playing Iggy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just have to take a moment here to say, yes! <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've wanted to change my sort of people's perception of me in this industry for a while. And, 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 you know, in order to grow as an actor and a performer, like you can't just, you can't just stay doing the same thing and spinning wheels. It just gets to the point where if people call you a one trick pony, you really are, you know, what I mean? yeah. so you, I've been trying to like, but, but it's also hard because I got to pay the bills and I have children and I, you know, you got to take the work that you can that's, that's available. But I, in the last couple of years between like Dirk, Dirk Gently and, and this, and I made a couple really great indies, uh, indie films that was, I was really reaching for things that were very different for me. In fact, I have a movie called Broken Star with Annalie Tipton that just came out last month or the month before too. It's like, if you get a chance to see that, it's a weird movie, but you'll see it's like, I'm, I'm very obviously trying to stretch and grow. And I, and I wanted this show to be of sort of, a very, very much so a departure, but it also is like a nice, it's a nice segue. It's not like this shocking, like, Oh my God, I'm not like, you know, I'm not playing some super villain or, you know, some, it, you know, it's, it's like, there's still some humor in there, but I'm really getting to play a grown up. It doesn't hurt that my entire head of hair and facial hair has turned white <laughs> in the last two years. Too. That sort of just happened. I had a third kid and my body went, okay, you're old now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's been really cool. Like, I'm learning, and that's the greatest reward and gift as an actor that you can ever have. Like, the key to longevity. It's not, it's not you know, gaining fame or, or money or anything. It's like, man, if I can just keep learning and growing as a performer, like, that's all I ever want. And this show is giving me an opportunity to do that. So I'm going to keep learning while I'm doing the show, and hopefully it'll translate on camera. I might make some mistakes along the way. Probably will. We'll see. That's but, all right. I mean, the, the, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I think I think everybody has at some point. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you're doing a great job at you know breaking that typecast of, of characters that you've played before with with this one. And you know, your your character has quickly become one of my favorites because while oh, while all all these other doctors on the show, you know, are dealing with surgical procedures and and physical ailments and things mm-hmm. like that, your character is dealing with something completely different. You know, in the form of child psychology yeah. and. In return, yeah. your character is bringing so much heart into the show because of the fact that it seems like that's where he's working from, is he's working more from the heart rather than from the mm-hmm. mind. He, he really wants to to reach out and help these kids um, it's so far yeah. that we've seen out of the show. And uh, again, I just feel that brings so much heart to the to the show. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and I think it's, um, yeah, it, it's it's really a joy for me having this uh, sort of separate ward myself, you know, the, the, the psychology ward, because there's all these little shenanigans that I can get into on my own. And it's, uh, it is, I think it's a, it's a much needed sort of, um, I don't know, like a reprieve, I guess, when you're in really stuck in some of the more, um, let's say gory parts of the show or like, you know, with the surgeries and the, that stuff is really mega exciting and everything. But then I think you kind of, as, as far as like the show, like plot device goes, it's nice to have this other 
area, which is like you said, completely character driven heart, you know, yeah. being the, the major component of it. And, uh, it also, it's, it, you know, let's not, let's not uh, kid ourselves. There are very quirky and interesting and, and often humorous and touching things that go on in the mental health care world, you know, and with mental illness, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's without being sort of, um, you know, gauche about it. It's like, it's, it's wildly entertaining. And, yeah. and we, I'm hoping that people are learning some stuff from watching these things, you know, last night's episode with over medication, that is such a, a real and prevalent problem. Yeah. And, and, it, mental illness, and it was, and it was something I had no idea about as well. So, you know, going into that whole learning something as you're watching the show, I did that last night. Absolutely. And, you know, seeing you know the hospital take uh take the state to court or take the school board to court that's something you never see in any other medical procedure a procedural no so, and, and people don't uh, even know that that's that's real bellevue hospital which is this, the, our hospital is based on uh inspired by has like uh, a full legislative like floor with a courtroom and there's like you know they, they have they have a school in there they have a, a prison the psych ward has 500 beds. It's 21 floors, and each floor is an acre. And it's like it's like its own world. It's like its own city. Yeah. Uh, and they, they did that. They were the first hospital to ever put a courtroom in to advocate for the patients in real time. That's I, we got to drop that little truth bomb into the show last <laughs> night. We're like, what? A court in the hospital? That makes so much sense. Yeah. So, that, you know. That's really cool. Though. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know I'm running short on time with you. Um so I have, I have one last question for you and it's kind of a departure from everything else. Um, I, all the interviews you've done over your career, I'm sure you've been asked the same questions over and over again. So, yeah, this is the best one I've ever done. <laughs> uh, the last, no. so th this last question I have for you is what's the one question you always wished someone would ask you, but they never have. It might be a thinker. Probably that question right there. All right. That's a good answer. Um, <laughs> Let's see. What's the best, what's the one question I wish I could ask, but never get asked? Um, let me think for one sec. <laughs> um, yeah, I throw that one out there know. as kind of like an instinct question. No, it's good. I think I think you know every actor likes to talk about themselves and their process, but I think one thing. I would I would love to talk about that I never really get to talk about is like the the etiquette of being on set and the sort of technical aspect of things is like really like the craft basically is a yeah. huge thing to me. I've been doing this for thirty years and I feel like I've gone out of my way to ask every question and be a sponge and I've like I've shadowed directors and I've you know, I've produced and I've 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 uh, co-directed and I've written. I've done I've done every every facet of this industry, and I and I look at that as an invaluable tool. My technical savvy and my etiquette and just work ethic on set. And I feel like I I'm watching a whole new generation of <laughs> of actors that just don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Uh, especially in the YouTube era, you know, and and it's like. It's like fame is everything, and all of a sudden, this, this, I'm not saying this for every young actor. So obviously, there are great young actors out there, but I feel like you know I have a lot to give in that regard. I feel like I, I wish kids cared more. I wish I wish someone 
would more than just give me a question would like give me a seminar where I could just take all these kids <laughs> and just teach them courses. Well, that just you know, gives, that just gives yeah, that just gives me a reason to have you back on down the road, and we'll just do it. Uh, you know, a Tyler Labine art of the craft kind of kind of uh, episode. Yeah, we'll do like a standalone. You know, uh, kicking it with Labine. Yeah, there we seminar. go. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Tyler, I know I want to send people your way on on uh, social media. They can follow you on Twitter at Ty Labine, T Y Labine, uh, Instagram yeah. at T Labine. Uh, they can follow New yeah. Amsterdam on Twitter at NBC New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam Tuesday yeah. nights ten nine central on NBC, uh, and I highly recommend everybody check it out. Tyler, thank you so much for spending some time yeah, with me today. And let me just say one thing: sure. I wanted, I'm trying to get the hashtag Kapiggy. <laughs> Kapoor and Iggy. I want that to start trending. Kapiggy. K a p i g g y. This this is so the new sh- this is the new <laughs> ship for the show. That's the ship for the show. It's me and Anupam sure have a have an argument. I like Kapiggy. He likes Kapoogie because uh, it's more letters of his name than mine. But I, I think I think Kapiggy is better. But anyway, you, you, yeah, yeah. If you can get that trending, we'll, we'll get that. Be awesome. Yeah, we'll try and get that trending as well. Uh, Tyler, thanks so much again for spending some time. Of course, my pleasure, man. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys in the spotlight. Take care.